Patagonia has reinvented company culture for better or for worse. And company culture always starts with its leaders. It can be changed by its people, but in Patagonia's case, being led originally by the founder, Yvonne Chouinard, over 50 years ago, that same culture is instilled by its people today. And that's what we're gonna talk about, how they reinvented company culture and how it's continuing to morph and evolve, even in today's kind of crazy business landscape. With me, we have Jack, our content producer. My name is Max Mueller. I'm founder of Video Editing Experts. I'm even taking notes for my own business here. And Jack and I, actually, Jack did a lot of research. And Jack has actually worked for Patagonia in the past, so he can speak directly to the company culture. Now he works for us. Um, we stole him. Uh, but excited to dive into this one, Jack. I think we have to go to the very beginning. As we just said, the company culture starts with the leader. And Yvonne Chouinard, if you want to learn anything about Yvonne Chouinard, you have to know the beginning. Where exactly did he start? Not just the fact that he grew a $4.5 billion company from scratch, but the fact that he's come from a tiny little town in Maine where everyone spoke French, by the way. So he's not like this American dream, uh, basically this American hustler. He has basically fulfilled the American dream, more or less of a hippie or a, a dirtbagger, as he calls it. But the one thing that he always stuck by was the fact that he would always say, let my people go surfing, which is really just a metaphor. And he's created a book on this. But even if you've read the book, we want to go deeper here on this podcast. We want to pull back the curtain uh, and, and just understand from the employee's point of view, how how can we learn from such a great culture where, uh, Jack, what are the stats? I, I'm pretty sure they have like a 3% churn rate of their more than 3,000 employee company, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so they... Um as far as we know, because they're not a publicly traded company, but um, they've got roughly like a 4% churn rate every year. They've got a total of 3,000 employees worldwide, and yet they get 9,000 applications every single year to work for them. And for the record, a 4% churn rate on 3,000 employees, I think we did the math was like 120 job openings every single year. <laughs> and that's right. for 9,000 applicants. Right. And, and, and 3000 employees. So whether those are new positions opening or, um, or, or just those open positions, I think the biggest thing, the, the biggest takeaway is nobody wants to leave. The company culture is so damn strong, except for you. I was sneaky and pulled you out of there, <laughs> but nobody wants to leave. Even you. I mean, when, when, when I hear you talk about Patagonia, you do it as like, it's a, this like fond memory of yours where you're like, oh, those were the days. Right. Um, and to be specific, there's different ways to work for the company, right? You can be a part of their HQ. You can be a part of their, uh, retail stores. You, there's other sectors that you can be in. But I think the most important thing is that, as you mentioned, Jack, that motto of let my people go surfing has transcended from Yvonne Chouinard through its HQ and across the nation and the world for all of its employees. And I think when we, when we consider that metaphor, because it's not, I mean, it can be taken literally with like, all right, waves are good. Let my people go surf. Um, but it's more than just that. Uh, when you when you read the book and when you listen to the interviews, and as Jack, you've worked for the company and shared with me, it seems like there's more of a takeaway um, than just the physical act of letting your people go surfing. There's That's kind of the input is like you're, you're inputting, you're allowing for the time to be given to do the things your employees want to be doing, whether that's surfing, hiking, camping, or going in, uh, going in protesting a specific cause that you really care about. Uh, <laughs> what is the check? Like they, they will pay for your, uh, yeah, they, they will, they will cover, uh, an employee's bail as well as the spouse of an employee, uh, if they are arrested peacefully protesting. 
peacefully protesting. So that's the character. You can't just yes. go to the white house and start going crazy. Um, yeah. you got to do it peacefully. So, but I mean, how cool is that? Like that's, that's just like almost unheard of. Um, and, and the other part to it is what does that lead to, right? Like that's the input you're allowing them to do this thing, but how does that affect your end, you know, company culture, um, for, for the first and foremost point is you have happier people. You have people that are just simply like well balanced because they're they're acting on the things that they want to act on, whether that is just like taking their family camping or going on a surf trip. Uh, maybe it's some young single guy who just wants to go to Alaska. It's like, dude, go for it. Let my people go surfing. Or the, the snow is really good. And if you're living, working at Patagonia in Vail, Colorado, you can go ski beforehand. There's that happiness level, but then there's also the very tactical level that I think we, you and I were talking about just before this podcast, where you don't just have a bunch of happy people working for you. You have experts and this is huge. And this is something where I take a hard note at it. And I look at all of our employees and I'm like, Hmm, how can, how can I instill this for, for our people? Because they're not just happy. They execute as an expert. And so when Patagonia lets their people go surfing and after we did the research, there was a huge discount that they give for products right? Could you share what that discount is? Yeah. So I worked at a retail store and my discount, I don't know if headquarters gets even more. I can't imagine. And it might getting, change or whatever, but yeah, it might change. And it was, it was also product dependent too. Um, but I got 70% off as like the baseline discount. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So I have plenty of Patagonia gear. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, they're incentivizing their people to wear the stuff. So when you do go surfing, whether you're an HQ person, like a product developer, you're actually battle testing and you're, you're not just like an employee being like, Oh, this is a kind of cool idea. You're out in the field, literally the field battle testing your products. Um, and then even for retail folks, I mean, that just allows you to sell with so much more confidence. I think a good example is that we were just in, uh, <laughs> it was funny. We, we had a, uh, uh, all hands meeting in person in Ireland recently, and we just have a, a good amount of team members in Ireland. And when we were in Dublin, I stopped in the Patagonia store because I was looking for a new backpack. When I walked in, perfect example, Patagonia, not just an employee, but truly an expert, starts helping me with this backpack. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at this one. This looks like, you know, along the lines of what I'm trying to do. The guy, I've, I don't know his name, but the uh, Patagonia employee started saying, oh, well, I just finished up a hike, uh, actually two hikes, where I used uh, the backpack um, just bigger or sorry, just smaller than this. And he's like, what exactly are you looking to do? Um, because it, if it's along the same lines of the trip that I just went on, you might not want this bigger backpack. And he actually started to recommend this smaller backpack for me for two reasons. Number one, that it was just going to be more room and actually uh, less comfortable for me to wear. And also, number two, it's going to save me money. It's like, don't buy something that's, you know, 50 or $60 more if you don't have to. I was just so appreciative of that expert feedback. It's not just some like random employee who's like, Oh yeah, I, I got the briefing of this product from my manager and and here I'm just regurgitating it back to you. It's dude, I just went on a four month stint with this thing. I can tell you everything good, ugly, and great about it. Um, and that that's just so much appreciated. So it not only benefits the employees to make them really happy, but benefits the customers because you're having experts give you that feedback. Yeah. And I think, you know, when talking about Patagonia revolutionizing or reinventing company culture, we've seen it it's become a lot more mainstream in the last couple of years to to work from home or work remotely. And people are realizing like, oh, I can 
you know, I don't have to work nine to five. I can work when I like to work. I, you know, maybe I like to work in the afternoon or late at night or, you know, as long as I'm getting my work done, it doesn't really matter when I'm doing that. And that's, that's kind of become the norm. Yeah, exactly. But, but maybe Jack, could you paint the picture of like, uh, what the company culture is not? Because, uh, it, it would be silly to say like, if everyone took the quote literally of like, let my people go surfing. And then all the retailers are like, eh, I have a nine to five job, but fuck it. I'm going to go <laughs> surf, uh, you know, for three hours and call it a day. Like, yeah. So at the retail, at the retail store, it, the let my people go surfing was a little bit less literal, uh, because we were a retail store. We had to be open certain hours. So I couldn't just be like, Oh, I, I have a shift right now, but the waves are good. I'm not going to come in. Um, but they, I worked at the, the surf retail store in New York city and there were, I mean, we got like, you know, what, whatever nationals or world surf day is, forget what day that is. Um, but like we literally closed our store for that day and that kind of stuff. Um, but at headquarters where the jobs are a little bit more admin or project based, they literally have like a boardroom at the headquarters. They live down the street from the beach. And if you finished your work in the morning, go surf in the afternoon. If you finished, if you surfed in the morning, come into the office, finish your work in the afternoon. Yvonne, I'm not going to quote him exactly because I don't know it, but he said, you know, I don't want my, my people working when the snow is good because I don't want to be working when the snow is good. Talking about skiing specifically. Right. And he was like, so why, why would I make them work? If they'd rather be skiing and and like you said, using our gear, testing our gear, becoming better, becoming better employees, both health wise, you know, passion wise, caring for the projects and causes that they really deeply want to stand by. Yeah, totally. Sports, yeah, family time. I mean, it, not to mention Patagonia's campus of of yeah. an HQ, which has everything. I'm I'm constantly learning more and more of what Patagonia. Has and I'm just wondering, like, what what does Patagonia not have? Because they have a completely internal, uh, like, child care program. They yep. actually, uh, in in I believe it's in Ventura, California. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. And uh, they also have a department at their campus uh, where they pick up roadkill, and the local authorities will call Patagonia to come pick up the roadkill so that they can bring it roadkill, deer, like uh, raccoons, you name it. Yeah. They'll bring it to the campus and they will properly dispose of the animal and just basically give it the respect that it needs, as well as recycle the um, the, the animal's uh, features. So, so, for example, like they'll they'll tie uh, they'll tie flies with the the hairs. Um, they'll um, take the meat if it's like a, a fresh deer um, that you'll actually take the meat and like, give it back to their people. So, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And. <laughs> without going down that rabbit hole, because uh, we definitely could, but um, maybe we could just illustrate one more aspect that I think is really important, which is something that you brought up to me is the time off. Um, if they want to take time off for a specific cause. Yeah. So that this is for, um, I know it's specifically for the HQ people, but there was something for even retail employees, if you've been there long enough, but um, for HQ employees specifically once you've been there for two years you can take two months of paid leave to go anywhere in the world uh and do something charitable um community service but anywhere in the world two months off paid after working there for two years which is like that 
doesn't exist in any other industry. For any business owner, entrepreneur, or even employees listening to this right now, imagine if you could just be like, hey, there's this really cool thing that I saw on the internet and I want to go take two months to go and do it. Your employer, your employer, I mean, besides like having a baby, I mean, and like maternity, maternity leave, um, <laughs> that's almost unheard of. And this is, yeah, what they'd be like, about. good luck, find a new job when you get back. <laughs> yeah. This is what we're talking about with reinventing company culture. And I think it's just something where you don't have to have the exact protocols and, and systems that Patagonia has, but certainly it's inspiring as hell. And I think one of the big things that we recognize as our company is uh, we, we have a majority of our people who re work remotely and we're actually starting to have more and more in-person working uh, and we will not have a full-time in-person uh, business unless someone has a really good argument on why I should change <laughs> our company and do that. But we do work in a, on a hybrid uh, standpoint and I really care about people being able to come together, work in person, vibe off of the similar company culture that we want to uh, instill here, but also go, go and do their things. And that's one of the main reasons why our company is not necessarily, for most of our positions, not a nine to five check-in, check-out company. I mean, I've, I've I read the book years ago and I, I took it quite literally actually at that time where I wanted to let my people go surfing and go skiing and do the thing um, so long as they get their work done. And by the way, especially with today's tech, it's like know when the surf will be good. Like get yourself days in advance, a week in advance. If you know the snow is going to be good, a big snowstorm is coming, fucking grind, get your stuff done. I mean, obviously for like a retail store, that's going to be a little bit different, but I think there's other ways to, to stand by your values. And actually that's exactly what, um, was it the marketing director or the, the, the head, of, uh, head of people for, yeah, he was like, I think he, he was an HR something. And um, he, he basically said, stand, don't just stand by your values, incentivize yes. from your values. Yeah. So don't just be like, we stand for this incentivize, like get your people inspired to do it. Um, yeah. Offer, offer benefits that reflect your values. Oof. Yeah. So easy to say hard to do. Yeah. You know? Like imagine saying that too. Like I would, I would like to understand what the values are for some of our viewers and listeners. If, if you're listening to this, drop like one of your values in the comments. Let's just kind of, maybe we can pull a, a collection of values together. And if you're not seeing any comments yet, be the first one to drop it in there. Um, what are one of your values? And, and just, it gets the conversation of going like, how can you incentivize while maintaining profits? I think that's a really important thing to do um, so that your people are healthier, they're happier, um, they're living a better life. And they're looking at your business in a way where most people are struggling to keep employees for a long period of time. I mean, have them for a few months or a few years. Yeah, sure. But how do you have people with you for decades, 50 plus years, like Patagonia has been successfully doing? You got to go deep. You got to go deep to their freaking soul. Um, I mean, even for us, we've, we've been in business for more than six years now. And uh, we've had multiple employees uh, who have been with us that whole time. And I, I've just always put a big, you know, first off, I get inspired by people like Yvonne. And then I put that big emphasis on, on those deep, core, meaningful things. I think the kicker is that like you have to be, as the leader of your company, you have to be very tactical financially to back those things up because the whole point of this podcast creative entrepreneurship is to leverage your passions for a more profitable business not to just be the the passion driven person who's broke as hell or the the hustle 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 who doesn't have any passion you know one thing that um that I do is I I used to hate spreadsheets um but now I can't live without them like I'm it, because of how much clarity it gives to the business. And I'm, whenever I'm wondering something like, okay, what if we let our people have, um, 
you know, for example, our sales guys uh, can take off two days out of any month um, on an ongoing basis, um, not to mention holidays and, and stuff like that. That's in addition. But I wanted to do the math on that. What if they take off two days? What would that mean? You know, if they're not taking X amount of calls from those two days, if they're not getting Y amount of closes from those calls, so on and so forth. So you got to be strategic with yourself. Don't just be like, oh, well, Yvonne Chouinard in Patagonia. I love wearing Patagonia and they give me free re uh, re renewed uh, or repaired clothing when I mess it up. No, you, you got to be super tactical. But it's funny you say that because uh, there's a we have a quote from Yvonne where he says, every time we've elected to do the right thing, it's turned out to be more profitable. Yeah. And, and my, you know, just to be the the devil's advocate here, because I know some people are skeptical when they hear that. It's like, yeah, but like just letting your people go away for two months, Jack, I'm a freaking startup, you know, business. I'm just yeah. running this myself and I only have two other people. If one of them go, that's 33% of our personnel. How can we possibly do that? I think it's just a matter of knowing your timeline, knowing where you're at. I think it, everything that's, you know, that's quite an exaggeration. I can assure you that I, I, I work with hundreds of entrepreneurs and I know that most of the time, you at least half of the time, especially in the beginning, you're screwing up. You're not doing the right thing. You're not like everything yeah. is not perfect. But um, I mean, it's, it's something to strive for. And I think it's something to to relax your shoulders with, too. It'd be like, how can we do this? What what is the profitable side to letting my people go do the thing, go do the sport, spend more time with their family, go support a cause that they care about? Uh, maybe go learn something, go educate them. Right. What is that? How can we make that a profitable thing? And any any time I consider profit, I put it to a specific timeline. Like what is the what is the return on my investment, not just amount wise of, of money, but amount of time? Like how long is it going to take me to achieve that ROI, which is really important, especially for startups? Well, I think something to take into consideration as well for our listeners is, you know, Avon proudly calls himself a, re a reluctant businessman. Um, he had no intentions of being an entrepreneur. He didn't go to business school. He uh, Originally, Patagonia started as a climbing hardware company. Um, he was making those, well, what are they called? Pitons. The pitons, yes. He saw a need in a market. And for, for himself personally, he was like, I need better products. Let me just build them myself. Um, and... I think it was just kind of the snowball effect of, all right, well, I need a new jacket for when I'm climbing. Let me build my own jacket. And he has never strayed from his like core beliefs in, you know, let my people go surfing. And I think part of why people love Patagonia so much and similar to like an Apple, right? They have this cult following. It's because they've never strayed from those beliefs. Like he, in his entire time building a almost $5 billion company, he never thought profit first or how can I make more products for people to buy? He actually had that famous marketing campaign that says, don't buy this sweater. Right. Because he was like, I don't, you don't need to buy more and more and more stuff. If you need a, a piece of equipment, yes, buy our gear. It lasts a long time, but do not buy this just to buy it. We'll, we'll put screenshots of that campaign on the screen so you can see it. It's uh, the simplest, most brilliant <laughs> marketing. Along with that, they they also had another campaign. Talk about fucking company culture. They had a campaign where they gave all of their revenue away. Revenue, not profit yeah. earnings. Like right, EBITDA. Like you're you're looking at top of the line revenue. Any money made was then given back. 
And they actually had even more sales, and we'll put the statistics on the screen so you guys can see it. And if you guys are listening on the audio, make sure that you're, you're tuning in to YouTube too, because we, we show way more visuals and, and stuff to support what we're talking about here. But I think that's so fucking cool. And talk about, it's not just inward company culture, it's how are you perceived outwards as well. Um, it just, you know, can I be cheesy for a second? Like To be a Go little cheesy, <laughs> I'm a fucking cheese ball. To be a little cheesy with it, it's do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Like how, and to your point earlier is like, why would I hold my people back from going and skiing fresh pow pow <laughs> and getting pitted, Brad pitted, <laughs> if the waves are pumping? Like, how would you treat, how would you want to be treated? Be and because here's the freaking kicker. And especially in this world, I, I deal with this sometimes too, where I love to get out there and I love to go outside. And, and if I'm not working like a nine to five job, I, I love waking up early and actually sometimes working late so that I can spend the days, especially during the summers, just getting out there. Um, and I think to myself, what if my employees see this? What if my clients see this? Uh, they might judge me, right? They might judge this, oh, he's not even working attitude. And that's the last thing I want for my employees. I want them to be fucking hustling. But it's a more wholesome conversation that I can actually have with them where I get onto a sales meeting or with our social media managers, editors, whoever the department is that I'm talking to, I can speak to them on a much more wholesome note where it was like, by the way, at, you know, I, I worked from like 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And from about 9.30 to 10.30, I went and jumped in the ocean, got to surf for an hour. And here I am back at 11 o'clock talking to you guys, right? That, and I'm like, dude, go do that. Please go do that. Where I'm thinking about younger Max, who was scared as shit bringing those topics up because I wasn't treating them that way. But now that I'm treating them that way, it's like, well, I'm treating myself this way. You should treat yourself this way too, depending on the position, of course, and expectations, but yes. Well, if you think about it too, and there, there's data to prove this, but um, it's not super scientific, I would imagine. From personal anecdotal experience, how much better do you feel after like an hour surf session? Like I feel so much better and like amped up. And like, if I worked in the morning, surfed for an hour and came back, I would be like fired up, fresh. Like there's something to that company culture where you're not just like, oh, you're going to be happier if you do this. Like you're probably going to be way more productive as well. You're an, you're an expert. You're more knowledgeable. Uh, and, and of course you're, you're just that much more refreshed. You know, what are, I'm just wondering, what are some things that people are doing when, when, when they think about their own co company culture that might be different than Patagonia's like Patagonia is reinventing from so many different angles. It makes me think about their, their brand. Yes. Internally. Yes. Externally. But what about Yvonne now? I mean, now he's giving it all away. Like what is this whole deal? Talk about fucking culture. Like everything that we've said almost seems like ass backwards. And maybe it's just us stupid Americans for, for thinking that like, you know, hustle, 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 make the money, make the money, grow, 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 grow. And it's like very forward thinking. But what if you thought in reverse? What if what if it was don't buy this sweater? What if it is you don't have to work like go surf. You don't have to work right now. Or when are you going to work? Just go do your thing. I'm going to pay you to go take two months leave, giving it all away. Like give, basically, as you mentioned at this, at least during this recording, Patagonia is not a um a public business, but they set themselves up to be able to have uh, this type of impact that you might not otherwise be able to achieve, arguably speaking, uh, as a publicly sold company. Could you talk about that, Jack? Was that were there whispers on that like earlier? Or was this just like off the cuff, Yvonne just being a, 
crazy old man and being like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm a billionaire. He's literally worth 1.2 billion. <laughs> and, and he's just giving it all away. Like, what, doesn't have a deal? phone or a computer or, you know, drives a beat up Subaru. Um, yeah, I don't. So I, I worked for Patagonia in 2018 going into 2019. And like I said, retail, there were, I think this big headline of like, he's giving it all away was more of just like a formality. I think he had always planned to do that, Mm. but he actually went through the legal and, you know, structural process of like, I forget how he structured Patagonia now, but I think it's like a, um, it's in some trust that is, he doesn't own anymore. It's just its own little entity that's going to be given away. Um, I think that was always the intent for him. Uh, cause he, like he said, and you could imagine he doesn't really care about the money. He does when he was on the Forbes billionaire list, he was angry. I think what it just shows is that like, you know, the whole, so it's, uh, sorry, real quick. I just looked it up. The hold fast collective owns 98% of the company. And this is coming from Patagonia's website, patagonia.com slash ownership. Earth is now our only shareholder. So they not only give 1% of what they make every year away of their sales, 100% of the company's voting stock transfers to the Patagonia Purpose Trust uh, created to protect the company's values. And 100% of the non-voting stock had been given to the Holdfast Collective, a nonprofit dedicated to fighting the environmental crisis and defending nature. Fuck yeah. Uh, the funding will come from Patagonia. Each year, the money will the money we make after reinvesting in the business will be distributed as dividend to help fight the crisis. Put your money where your mouth is. And I think in a you know micro versus macro example, when I was working at the retail t- retail store, we had a policy where, and I was I was telling you this story last week, but um, we had a policy where if you brought in a, a Patagonia sweater, jacket, piece of equipment um, that was ripped, torn, beaten up, we would either fix it for free or if it was unfixable, replace it for free. Um, we had for free the crazy well. <laughs> For completely for free, and there was no, you know, uh, 30 day return policy. We had a guy come in when I was working there who it could be had 10 had, years later, like it could be. So, we had this guy come in from out west, he was like a big alpine climber, and he had this really nice jacket, but you could tell that he used it a lot and like really put it through, put it to work. And he said he bought this jacket probably 15 years ago and there was duct tape on the sleeves and, you know, it was worn to bits and he was like, oh, I just need to fix this zipper. And we all looked at it like you need to fix a little bit more than than the zipper. (laughs) And we gave him a brand new like $900 jacket off the rack for free. Holy crap. And this guy has probably been wearing that jacket like pure outdoor. I'm I'm just like visualizing. Yeah, he's got like beard. Yeah. Yeah. He's still got like bark in his beard from exactly. Yeah. We also had this one. This one was even a crazier example of company culture. I guess we had somebody come in with a, it was either a Land's End or an LL Bean um, fleece and they could have sworn they bought it at our store. And we were like a different brand. (laughs) We were like, this is a Patagonia store. It's not an outdoor store. And they were like, no, I could have sworn. I don't have a receipt, but I bought it here. I promise. And there, there was something wrong with it. It didn't fit, wrong size, wrong color, whatever. And we took their LL Bean, whatever, Orvis jacket, 
and mm-hmm. gave them a free Patagonia jacket. That's incredible. Because it was, you know, it's like, okay, now that that is a lifetime Patagonia customer. That's so sick. Yeah. You know, it makes me think about like my company, Video Editing Experts, and <laughs> I'm just brainstorming here how we can do that, like how we can implement such a thing. I, I, two ideas come to mind. Um, one is like, what if we, we are already offer like, unlimited revisions like if you if you're ever like if the video is ever screwed up or if you just want to change it um we'll just do it for you i'm just thinking about thumbnails changing and like the the importance of youtube maybe we'll even offer like updated thumbnails for the rest of your life like something like that like if you ever want to update your thumbnail which by the way is extremely important for for youtube to get the click in your video that would be very valuable for people um i don't know i could see people kind of like beating up on that but hey it, it just it leads to, I mean, the, the other kicker is it doesn't necessarily leverage our values. Um, but I think a good way that we can leverage our values, for example, is I love the, the I, I believe it's a foundation that Yvonne started, the 1% for the planet, where you take 1% of your sales and give it back to uh, the climate crisis. I think that's very admirable. We don't do it yet. Um, but one thing that we have been implementing already uh, over the past couple of months is we're starting to produce more environmentally based content. And and by the way, I think a very, very important thing is to, as a leader, be very strong with uh, specific viewpoints that you have, but always get the people's support. Because as a leader of like, you know, nearly 100 employees ourselves, if, if we're looking at implementing something, sometimes I do need to have kind of like the, the, the judge is bad or whatever it's called and like put it down and be like, hey, this is this is the way. Um, Mandalorian quote. But then there's other times where I need to get their support because if they feel otherwise, then they might, they might, I mean, there could be a fucking revolution. Of a, <laughs> if, if you have a large company, you, you got to be careful. And even if you have a small company, I mean, I remember when our team was just like nine people and I would still get their support because even if just one or a couple of them were not feeling the new movement, um, that was just bad for company culture. And so one thing that we've implemented is this sustainable type content because I asked them, I was like, Hey, like in your off time, like when you want to go relax and like go unplug, what do you do? And every single one of our employees said something along the lines of like going out into nature, going for a walk with their, their family at a nearby, you know, uh, trail or going and sitting at the park and just kind of listening to the birds. One of our graphic designers said that. And so I led to the point of like, well, what if we, actually did something for these aspects that we care about because we work with a lot of doctors and other businessmen and entrepreneurs and financiers, right? And the list goes on, but I want to get more into sustainability and I wanted their support. And I think this is a a really important aspect, especially for us Americans where we are very entrepreneurial in our ways and and very sometimes aggressive in our leadership. Um, But to get your people's support and understand the movement can be that much better. It seems like Yvonne has done a balance of both that he's been like, no, you guys, are incentivized to do this thing. And he also wants the support. He wants the feedback. He wants them to go support causes, bring it back to them and, and discuss it. Yeah. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. He's a, he's a really cool, the business as a whole, but Yvonne as a person, it's just a real cool case study for business. I would love to have a beer with him. Could you imagine having a beer? with? Well, he lives out in Wyoming, doesn't he? 
I know I'm getting married there this year. That's exciting. Maybe, maybe by the way, he lives in Jackson along with like every other billionaire. Um, so it kind of sounds like, Oh, Yvonne's in Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. Not just because he's like a nature guy. I'm pretty, it's because of the tax codes and, uh, totally. <laughs> he actually says they, I just listened to a uh, podcast of him on, uh, uh, re, uh, yesterday or the day before. And he was saying that he spends most of his time in Montana. So a quick, quick drive up the road, but yeah. leveraging the tax benefits of old Wyoming. Listen, Jack, I think we can call it there. Reinventing. Listen, call to action. Drop at least one of your values down below. I think it'd be really cool to see what your company values are. Even if you're not the head of your company, or if you are, put one of the values down below. I think it'd be really great for us to start to accumulate even just a few of these different values so that we can see what other people care about uh, and ultimately how those values can be turned into incentives for your people. Strengthens your company, also strengthens not just inside of your company, but outside too. So drop one of the uh, comments down below. And if you're listening to the podcast, thanks so much for tuning in. Consider hitting the subscribe button or the follow button and uh, we'll see you in the next pod.